What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, Hale Varsity Road Show on Friday, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We've had an audible that happens at the line of scrimmage. We uh, love being at the single barrel inside the graduate. Uh, Captain Khakis and company have rented the whole thing out. So we are outdoors in the beautiful sunshine in the rail yard, getting you primed up ahead of Nebraska and Michigan. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Going to be crawling around uh, and uh, all hopped up uh, in uh, well tonight into tomorrow as you pace yourself and make your way to 10th and Vine. You can watch us and find us on the StreamYard ESPN Lincoln's Facebook page. We're here till 6. Come on by, get a cold one, enjoy, and uh, mark out your spot for uh, the mother of all tailgate parties tomorrow with your friends at 96 Kicks. Elijah Herbal back in our studios. Brother, you got the, we said this week it's Team Khaki versus Team Camo. And you, my friend, are wearing your camo. I've got my Hunter Orange on because it's big game, big game hunting time for Nebraska uh, with number nine and opportunity knocking. We're on the same page here, and it's one of those things that you can't get unless you're you're checking us out in the live stream on ESPN Lincoln. The camo. we're so appealing. And the Hunters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Um yeah. But we, we got the, the camo and the Hunter, Hunter Orange rocking. I, I'm with you. It's big game hunting time. Uh, go make a statement. Go get that uh, that trophy to go put on the wall. Number nine, Michigan at home. It's time to go get a, a trophy, even though it's not a bowl game trophy. That'd be much better. This is still a, a trophy of sorts, uh, being able to go knock off Michigan. I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow. It is a trophy game, even though it's technically not. I mean, it is, it is a perception, a statement, and a mile marker, and Listen, this isn't uh, 97 Michigan. This isn't even uh, 2015, 2016 Michigan, more the 16 version that was also right there for that Ohio State win. And I think uh, they were number three or four in the country heading into that Ohio State game. But what you have here for Nebraska is a chance to just keep the good vibes going and uh, and show that, yeah, that progress is real. And we've seen it. You've, you've felt it as a Nebraska fan that that progress is, is very real because of, of how this team has dug deep and how this team has bounced back despite some disappointment. They've continued to get better. They've self-assessed. They've made corrections. Uh, they're not uh, they're not jacking around anymore. And they could play well enough to win and still fall short to tomorrow night. They could come out and and just own it and and hit on all cylinders. So there's a lot of different ways 
this thing can go. Uh, coming up, we will talk with uh, Husker Hall of Famer Eric Warfield, a uh, longtime member of the Kansas City Chiefs, part of that 97 National Championship team. We'll get Warfield's take uh, on the, the big game. Jay Moore is going to be with us as well, Blackshirt Husker NFLer. Jay, of course, with Big Red Wrap-Up, get a defensive perspective. So a little bit of a, a Blackshirt Friday vibe for you in Hour 1. Bill Dolman is back in the wonderful state of Nebraska. He is at a Hall of Fame ceremony for his high school coach. He'll be with us tomorrow at the uh, Gary Michaels tailgate and uh, excited to, to have Bill with us there. Uh, the Pride of Fairbury will be in to give us his predictions at 5 and then our sit-down with Husker Ibeck, Ramir Johnson. Uh, Ramir, uh, kind enough to give us a few minutes. He's been running really hard, really physical for the Big Red. A nice one-two punch tomorrow night uh, against Michigan. And then Clausburn is in with the Friday forecast. can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So there's a couple of X factors I want to get into uh, beyond Adrian, beyond uh, experience versus youth on the, the, the offensive versus defensive line of scrimmage. Uh, the, the two X factors that are going to be very real are, are quite honestly out of the players' hands tomorrow night. Uh, one is the atmosphere and crowd, Memorial Stadium. Uh, two is the coaching acumen, right? Uh, what, what do we unfortunately have to, to point out factually with Nebraska in one-score games? And you hate being that guy that always brings it up, but it is a stat. It's beyond a trend. It's something that absolutely can get reversed. And it's fair to say in the Frost tenure from a talent standpoint, some of these one-score games, he's had more talent and Nebraska's failed to, to close. And in some other instances, he's, he's been out-talented, and he's kept it close, and he's, he's been right there. So there's been both sides of the ledger here for Nebraska with Scott Frost in, in the, going into this fourth year with one-score games. And that's how you live and die in the Big Ten. Uh, some years you'll have an Iowa team have a magic season. They get to a, a conference championship game. Uh, you look back and say, oh, my God, they were so clutch in one-score games. It's not uh, – uh, never ending. Uh, a year later, you can be eight and five and look at a uh, a win loss sheet, a schedule, and see you know if Penn State's down, if Ohio State's regrouping, which never happens. But if right, it's still the one score game deal. I mean that's how life is lived in the Big Ten. I I I look at the way Nebraska has gone about their business here since Illinois. When you heard, well, we had to throw half the playbook out. Or, you know, they, they threw some things we weren't ready for. You, you've not had Nebraska go to that since. Now, they, they haven't won every game, but there wasn't an excuse uh, post-Michigan State. There was not an excuse post-Oklahoma, Elijah. What you had is just, all right, you just you were right there and you just, you just didn't get it done. It was a far cry narrative-wise from what you heard from Illinois. And, and Harbaugh's a really good coach. Harbaugh's got a really good staff, but it's a new staff around him. He's kind of gone old school and went back to a lot of Michigan, either players or greats. And, and they are on staff now. You've got old McDonald uh, as the defensive coordinator now, now a guy from uh, the, the Baltimore Ravens that uh, knows how to, to just really muck up a lot of things with opposing offenses. And then I look at Nebraska's staff, right? Where's your, where's your experience 
uh, in in Power Five? Where's your experience in big games? Well, they, they've had three and a half years of of learning on the job. I think that's that's really key tomorrow night. Is Nebraska? going to see something and and not adjust in time to something Michigan may throw at them. The coaching matchup is very real tomorrow night. What I am confident in, and I haven't said this ever or for a long time, at least thought it, I think Nebraska and Coach Frost, from a from an ego standpoint of, all right, there's been some losses to Purdue. There's been some peculiar play, play calls. There's been some, why are you doing that? Like overthinking and outthinking, right? And we go back to even two weeks ago, Michigan State, where you're, you're throwing the ball on third and three instead of running it. There's been some tough lessons learned this year uh, with uh, things that didn't go your way. Can you settle in? Can you be confident, and can you truly have no fear of failure? I get a better vibe even two weeks later from Michigan State now from Coach, and, from Coach Frost and his staff than I had leaving East Lansing, than I had leaving uh, Champaign. So uh, is, is Scott Frost a better coach than Jim Harbaugh? He's going to have to be. That's one of the, the boxes you need checked if you're Nebraska. But I don't worry about – Scott having to look like or be the smartest guy in the room, okay? And that's not always been the case. It's cost him against Purdue a couple of times. It's cost him uh, in some overthinking moments even two weeks ago. And look, I call it overthinking. Uh, You can call it execution, okay, or lack thereof. But I think Nebraska will really drill down, have a sound plan, go after it and execute. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Nebraska this week, uh, they've leaned on some of the veteran coaches around in the area or people on staff. I mean, Ron Brown's, there's nothing he hasn't seen in football. Coach Osborne's a, a FaceTime away. Not that you need to do that, but I'm saying the option's there. And that's going to be one of your non-player X factors, Elijah. The other is going to be a Memorial Stadium. It's going to be 90,000. It's going to be a gorgeous October night. It's going to be uh, packed to the gills, elbow to elbow, wanting to will this team to victory and be a part of the ride. And uh, it was funny. Uh, Andy's in town from uh, from Arkansas. Diehard Husker fan. Uh, he is. He is. The quote is. You know, I've been waiting a long time for us not to suck, <laughs> as, as we were talking before the show started, and it made me smile. And I'm like, Andy, you're right. He just said the, 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 the phrase, the money quote that so many Nebraska fans have been feeling or thinking, I just don't want us to suck, man, on TV, right? Go, go, go toe-to-toe with somebody on, on TV. And you just did. You just did with uh, Michigan State. You did with Oklahoma. Time to deliver tomorrow night. I think Nebraska can. But think about you as a fan. Think about you as a Nebraska football fan that, that grew up going with your family. Or think about you as a student. Or just whatever experience. Maybe you're out of town and you're coming in. You hit one, you hit one a season. And maybe that desire because of uh, heartache has, has been waning. Well, you're back for Nebraska-Michigan. And the seriousness of the moment is is real. And you feel good about your team. You're confident in your football team. You think you can go to go get this done, or at least play well enough to win and not be disappointed with the effort. And, and if you go down to a better team, Nebraska fans have always begrudgingly accepted that. It's it's more so about how you play versus um, 
are you are you winning all the time? The the the, the undefeated seasons, the championships have been a byproduct of being so well oiled in a better program uh, from start to finish when it comes to development, talent, and all that. But you have a pressure shift, and the Nebraska crowd, the the sea of red, the Husker Army, are are going to be all over that pressure shift for the longest time this season and building up it's been about scott frost has got to do this this and this to get nebraska football back and every time there's a loss or a misstep it's crucifixion time it's nebraska and uh, scott the right guy i mean that that's it that's kind of gone away because of you've seen the team improve they've gotten better now it shifts and and schick talked about it a little bit this week things have kind of gotten quiet in a good way for harbaugh well, all of that ramps back up, man. If, if, well, same old Harbaugh, same old Michigan, can't even go beat a 3-3 three and three Nebraska team. Just, you know, in, in some interactions with Michigan people this week, they, they realize that Nebraska is a much better team than 3-3. Three and three. So uh, they, they are rightfully fearful of getting out alive tomorrow night. But those are two, two factors, man. Elijah, just your reaction to some of that, the – the, the coaching matchup, you know, is it is it a possibility Nebraska gets out coached? There's your difference. Yes, I think Nebraska is in a better spot because of some tough lumps through this season to to be able to withstand that tomorrow night. The other side of it is is the the, the twelfth man, the Sea Red, uh, Nebraska fans. You've been waiting two decades for this moment. Uh, really, you've had big games, but your moment. For a, for a program statement win, I think you got to go back to the 0-1 Oklahoma game. Yeah, and, and the thing is with this team this year is you look at Michigan coming to town, and it's pretty realistic to say if Nebraska just shows up tomorrow night and they all do their jobs, the starters do their jobs, the coaching staff does their jobs, there's a great possibility Nebraska's going to be in this game late. If all you have to do is, is go do your job and then hope by the end, the fourth quarter, the fans can carry you to a victory. That's the way I see this game. Uh, and it's finally it's getting back to that, that famous pregame prayer that you hear so much is uh, day by day, this team has been getting better and better. If they should lose tomorrow night, uh, all you have to do is go do your job, put up a respectable performance, and I think we as Husker fans will cheer as the winner goes by. Uh, that's how it goes, but it comes down to coming out and executing, doing your job, and then letting the energy of that crowd carry you into the fourth quarter, hopefully to a Husker win. We're here in the Rail Yard Roadshow Friday, Hail Varsity Radio. Now we're back at the single barrel uh, for home football Fridays. That has been taken over by Michigan. <clears throat> that said, we are excited to be outdoors, and uh, it's a gorgeous Friday night. You're invited down to the rail yard. You're invited down to the single barrel, uh, the bourbon single barrel uh, down here. Get uh, get a cold one, get a picnic table, and uh, maybe we'll throw a little playoff baseball on. That's uh, always a possibility. Uh, we're going to check in with Eric Warfield, Husker Hall of Famer, uh, champion uh, Nebraska safety. Coming up in about five minutes, Jay Moore, a black shirt, uh, hour one for you, a black shirt Friday, Warfield and Jay Moore, Dolman next hour, Husker Iback, Ramir Johnson. Uh, back to the pressure topic, and, and you you nailed it with the, the, the team prayer. Nebraska has an opportunity similar to Oklahoma where, yeah, there is pressure. You want to deliver for the home crowd. Uh, you want to get a, a, a statement win. You want to get to 500 in, in Big Ten play. There, there's all these things. But really, I mean, this is, this is about Harbaugh 
and their team being number nine. This is about Harbaugh and Michigan maybe having their own breakthrough season, right? I mean, Ohio State's gotten a lot better, but they look mortal, okay? And, and right now you've got a juicy race in uh, the, the Big Ten. You've got Iowa and Penn State going on tomorrow as they lead into Nebraska and Michigan. That's going to be a dogfight. You've still got some some very vicious round robins going where Michigan State and Penn State and Michigan and Ohio State all got to play one another. And if we want to get a little crazy, I don't think two losses eliminates you from the West. I don't. Now, that's that, that, that math means you win out if you're Nebraska. But eventually, you got to get one of these. Ohio State still has to come to Lincoln. Uh, kind of plant your flag with a, with a signature over Michigan and a night game. Because guess what? One night game's great. Two night games are better. You take care of business tomorrow night. Maybe you're on the short list for a third night game with Ohio State coming to town. Because you are a marquee brand already. Maybe you become one of those marquee teams. Husker Hall of Famer Eric Warfield. His thoughts on Nebraska, Michigan next. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio listen? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, previewing Nebraska-Michigan and NFL uh, action this weekend. Husker Hall of Famer, 10-year NFL vet Eric Warfield back with us. Patrol that secondary for the Black Shirts at E. Warfield, 44 on Twitter. Eric, you uh, you guys didn't get a chance at Michigan in 97, man. How are you? Oh, my gosh. I was so hoping that we'd have that opportunity. Uh, that, that The one match, matchup that they couldn't make happen, uh, even though <laughs> I feel like we were still the the the, the the walkaway winners of that championship that year, you know, and you take your hat off to Michigan for having the season that they had. And uh, Charles Wilson for the phenomenal career that he had and winning the Heisman. But uh, <laughs> just knowing how they played against uh, a Ryan Lee team, they barely pulled off. And, you know, we go out and we spank the, the crap out of Peyton Manning and his his, his crew. So um, we thought that we were the clear-cut, you know, champions that, that year. But, hey, here's what it is. I get to watch my, my squad play Michigan <laughs> tomorrow in hopes of, of uh, getting the victory. Frost. Uh, with CBS post game, does his stump speech. You guys sent out T.O. the, the right way. D- did you know Scott had that in his back pocket, or do you think he just kind of went off the cuff with that? Give us at least a share. Probably a, off the cuff. Um, you know, Scott's Scott, Scott's a great guy. And it's sad that, you know, we're, we're sitting in this position of, uh, you know, I read social media and mm. I hate the comments of, of people, but it is what it is, whether it's social media or, or, or or not you're gonna hear people say you know negative things this is one of those games that that could be real important uh to get a lot of that 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 negative dialogue about him you know out of the way and he can continue on with the you know the career that he was he was given to 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 fulfill here Mm -hmm. uh in nebraska i love what he's put together with the defense i mean i don't know how anybody could not be happy with what they're saying with our defense uh they're playing really really good ball you know, and, and Adrian is, is coming to himself, and uh, he's he's made a, a hell of a last year for himself with the, with the plays that he's making. You know, he's not so hesitant. You know, he's not taking the 
the, the big losses. He's not trying to force too much. We keep things rolling to where we are. I think we can actually pull off some some victories that I don't think anybody foresaw at the beginning of the season. A few minutes, Eric Warfield with us, Husker Hall of Famer, 10-year NFL vet. Warfield, I'm, I'm interested. You guys weren't really phased in big games because you were the big game on somebody else's schedule. Nebraska's got that opportunity to get that, that signature get-over-the-hump win. Do you feel better, kind of the mentality and mindset? I don't think Nebraska is going to go into this with a deer in the headlights. I think they're a confident oh, football no. team. You know, we have a high-powered offense in Kansas City, and I think at times, you know, the fans get so caught up into, okay, we have enough We have enough on offense with Patrick Mahomes alone to where if we're down, we're confident that we're going to come back and win this game. And I think we're at a point now to where the defense has played so well to where if we can keep up, you know, put a field goal up here, a touchdown here, our defense will play well enough to get us a victory. Mm-hmm. You know, although we went into Michigan State, and, you know, what did the, the total offense that they had in the second half was five yards. It was brutal. You, know, you would think that's a clear walkaway victory, and it wasn't. You know, some mistakes were made. Some plays weren't finished. An unfortunate interception that, that, that capped it off. But the Spartans is what got their victory. But, hell, I think that the way Michigan is playing this year, and Michigan has have they've been in the same boat that we've been in. Michigan hasn't done anything since. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they brought Harbaugh in to, to put them back into the, the – thick of things. To be honest, uh, Chris, I don't remember Michigan being all that great even before, you know, having to share the title with us. They've had some great players. They've had some they've had some memorable plays throughout season. But Michigan hasn't really represented the way that they that one year has been. I don't recall anything that Michigan has done throughout history. So it's not like they're all this this great of a program. You know, they've been a great basketball program for forever, but that's been the one thing that that they could kind of hang their hat on. So at this point in time, they're playing really good ball. It'll be a really good, you know, win, a big win for us. Hell, it's a big win for Harbor also. So don't come in with some, you know, thinking that you're on a roll now, uh, that, that you're, you know, better than what you think you are. And just go out and play good ball the way you have been. Uh, outside of what we did with Illinois, um, I think that the team is really putting the pieces together. I think the coaching staff is putting putting things together. And outside of a few kicks, we could have a really good season right now. Eric Warfield's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Follow him on Twitter at EA Warfield44. Warfield's doing the podcast thing, the video stream thing as well. We'll get to in a minute. Uh, Eric, I want to get your take on Adrian. You touched on him a little bit earlier, but it is. You're right about special teams. You're right about the defense being uh, a known commodity. Is Adrian the difference? We know how fast and athletic the Michigan defense is, but they've not seen anybody like Adrian. They recognize that. Do you think Adrian can just kind of cut loose and light up tomorrow? He is definitely our difference maker. Uh, You know, coming into the season – I don't think anybody expected him to play as well as he's played because he, of, of the history. You go off of what you know, you know, and he's he's made some some throws that he maybe shouldn't have thrown. He, you know, he, he has taken some big losses, sacks that he shouldn't take. Uh, yes, he's a home run hitter when he gets that 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 one opening to where he can run for 60, 70 yards. Um, but has he has he played to where uh, a defense is going to say, okay, we have to game plan for this guy because he's throwing the ball that well? Right now, he is. Mm. 
before that that wasn't Adrian Martinez. You know, he's one that you can just say, okay, I'm gonna put my corners in man to man. We'll put a spy on you, and and we'll deal with it. We don't have the confidence that you can go and pick our defense apart. And right now, Adrian's making some phenomenal passes. Toure is playing unbelievable. I'm a really big fan of him and, and the receiver core of what they're doing. It's just a matter of us finishing games as as what's kind of hurt us. That that game finish is the opportunity as well. You go you go win a close game against a ranked team versus letting it slip through your fingers. You got the home crowd behind you. Warfield, what's the craziest night environment you were a part of, either pro or college? Uh, the craziest, I would have to go with our Indianapolis game. You know, you go into okay. a team, um, you know, uh, we got a first round by going, and I, we, man, could have easily represented in the Super Bowl that year. And we didn't, not either one of the teams punted. Um, so it was just a, a matter of showing how good our offense was compared to how good Peyton Manning's offense was. Um, where there was not one single punt the entire game and the, and the passing yardage from both teams were just out the roof. Uh, you know, hell, I was a part of that defense. So, uh, you know, I was out there giving up yardage myself. But it was just crazy to see that, uh, you know, no matter what was what was done, what game plans were thrown out there, what defenses were, were called, uh, neither defense was able to stop the offense. You know, points were put up every time, the you know, the offense touched it. What do you foresee? Let's go to the NFL. Big game against Buffalo. Is is Kansas City right, or has it just been a matter of turnovers? What's your diagnosis of of, of KC? You know, our, off- our, our, our offense is what it is. Uh, everybody, you know, from opposing teams to spectators, uh, they all know that we can put up points with, with anybody. Uh, and I think Patrick came out with a, a comment the week before at uh, having a piece of humble pie because the offense can get at times uh, overconfident, you know, thinking that, okay, just because we're down a few points, we're, we're, we are who we are. We're going to make make the comeback and win the game at the end. Uh, and ended up, we ended up losing the game to San Diego and uh, the, the previous game before that to where we were sitting at one and two. And so having to come back and and put on full display who we are as an offensive unit with the, the best quarterback in the NFL leading you down the field, uh, it, it, it gives that confidence back to the fans and to the team that, okay, we might be still, we might be the fav- we could still be the favorite going into the Super Bowl this year. But the way our defense is playing is like, you know, we haven't really made any stops. And so it's right now we have to give up field goals instead of giving up touchdowns. Now, if we can give up a field goal or two here or there, um, it gives us a better chance of winning the games. But right now we really can't stop anybody. We don't have any speed in our front seven. I don't think that our experiment with Chris Jones playing defensive end has been uh, the calling card that we thought it would be. Um, you know, I hate seeing Tyron Matthew uh, man-to-man coverage on receivers because that's not what he does. He's a safety. He's a he. He's a thief back there when you you know trying to throw the ball for the uh, make plays in the in the in the, in the uh, secondary. So, uh, but it is what it is. And so, Spags has got to uh, 
make a, make corrections, and we got to try to patch up these leaks. And right now, the hell, they're not even leaks. We gave up 380-some yards to Jalen Hurts. <laughs> You're not happy. <laughs> yeah, so that, that doesn't happen. You know, and, and you can't be confident going into any other game thinking that, you know, your defense is where it needs to be. No, your offense is where it needs to be. You know, you can count on them to put, 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 count on them to put the points up, but you have to figure out something to do with this defense. Uh, and right now we've gone out and added uh, Josh Gordon thinking that that's going to help us. I'm not saying it's not, mm-hmm. you know, but it doesn't do anything for the defense. And uh, I, but again, I don't even know what's out there, free agency or somebody who's sitting at home that can come in and help us uh, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. But I still feel confident that with the way that the, our offense plays, we can go out and outscore most teams. Eric Warfield, Husker standout Hall of Famer with us. Eric, real quick, give me a prediction for Nebraska Saturday. I'm going to go 21-18, Nebraska wins. 21-18 says number 44, Warfield. Eric, we'll do this again. Thanks for a few minutes, bud. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it. Good to hear from Husker Hall of Famer, 10-year vet with the Chiefs, Eric Warfield. Hail Varsity Radio. We're down here in the rail yard as uh, we are back at the single barrel for home football Fridays for Purdue. Michigan has commandeered the, uh, the entire spot and uh i just don't look good in yellow end of discussion uh it is uh camo versus khakis uh, elijah's wearing his camo i've got the the hunter orange on we're going with team hunter team frost we'll have our predictions friday forecast is coming up with the infamous clausburn in one hour jay moore blackshirt husker nfler uh a blackshirt friday commences here shortly and uh the pride of fairbury nbc sports is bill dolman uh from fairbury we have not had a chance for bill to make a prediction from fairbury ever this is going to be big quick reminder about uh, buckling up 70 percent of people in by up to 60%. Your best defense in a crash buckling up. A message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We continue on from the rail yard with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, Hale Varsity Radio. Big game week, Michigan, Nebraska. This guy actually beat Michigan. It was at the Alamo Bowl. We say hi to Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore and co-host of Big Red Wrap Up. Jay Bird, uh, the old Maize and Blue in town. How are you? I'm doing well, Smitty. Yeah, I got the Maize and Blue, one of the best fight songs in, uh, I think, in college football. Uh, other than obviously Hale, Nebraska, and you know, but. Uh, Oh, here, Varsity, whatever, whatever, you know what I'm getting to. I know what you, uh, I know what you meant. You know what you meant. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it's, it's just funny how the narrative kind of switches when you, uh, when you play well and you, you beat a team like you did in Northwestern, you know, and you handled your business and, you know, if they would have struggled in that one and, uh, you know, and did not played as well and, you know, it was a four, four quarter game, you know, I think, it, the narrative would be kind of similar to what Oklahoma was a few weeks ago, where people were like, ah, you know, not giving much of a, you know, not giving Nebraska much of a chance, you know, 
obviously that spread was much bigger than what we're dealing with, you know, in playing Michigan, but it's going to be a good one. I mean, arguably you could say that Nebraska is probably one of the best teams that uh, Michigan's played so far this season. And they've, they've played, uh, you know, they played Wisconsin last week and obviously Wisconsin's down a little bit this year. So good test, you know, national, national TV, you know, 630 ABC. So, you know, this is a chance to kind of, you know, we've seen Nebraska kind of pretty much get better in, in some aspects every week, you know, um, since Illinois, obviously the, the special teams have their, their lumps and, and their issues, but you can see them uh, progressing in certain spots. So we'll just see if they can keep on progressing, getting better, and, and see what happens when, uh, you know, Michigan comes to town, you know, uh, tomorrow night. Jay, are you worried about the Michigan defense against Nebraska, or do you think they'll have an answer, you know, defensive end play well, you know, standing up on the edge, Ojabo and, and Hutchinson are special dudes? Yeah. Yeah, it, it does concern me, especially if you're going to, you know, I, I would think Prohaska and Noelia will be on that left side, you know, and those are those are young players. And, you know, Hutchinson's going to be a first-round draft pick probably. And so that's, yeah, that's that's definitely a concern. That's always going to be a concern. Uh, you know, D, great D linemen can, can take over games, as, as we've seen before. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of game plan they're going to have uh for them, you know, are they going to run some option right at them to kind of try to neutralize them? Are they going to chip them with Vokalek or Allen or, or whatever it may be? Are they going to keep more guys in protection to help them out? I would assume, I would would think so. You know, let uh, let Ramirez Johnson or Yant, you know, put a put a helmet right in his ribs, and that will kind of slow him down a little bit and chipping on chipping on him. So it'll be kind of fun to see how they try to neutralize their attack. And uh, this is going to be a heck of a defense. You know, I mean, we, Oklahoma was a really good defense. You know, this one's going to be really good as well. So it's going to be interesting to see the kind of the, the cat and mouse game there with, with Frost. And I think uh, I think he'll have some interesting play calls to help definitely slow those two down. Jay Moore's with us, co-host Big Red Wrap-Up, Hail Varsity Radio. Jay, uh, what what does this game signify for you? Is it is it like do or die? Nebraska's finally got to get it done against a top 10. Nebraska's finally got to get it done in the one-score game. Or are you more measured with whatever happens Saturday night? Well, I think, you know, Nebraska definitely win this football game. I don't think it's do or die. I think when you looked at the schedule earlier in the year, you know, you looked at Michigan, you knew this was going to be a tough one. Uh, we knew Michigan, you know, Michigan's kind of always been a, an interesting team. You know, they probably have underachieved more than any, you know, Big Ten team, you know, since Harbaugh's been there. And because, uh, you know, they have the type of talent they could, they've, they've got in Ann Arbor. So, you look at this one, you're like, ah, it probably is, you know, chalk that one up in the L column. You know, obviously, the Illinois and Michigan State game were two games I thought, you know, Nebraska obviously should have won. So you're, now you're just trying to, you know, find wins, you know, at, at this time of year. And, and you know, you look at the point spread, you see, you see it's, you know, less than a touchdown, you know, a one-possession type game, which I think will, that's what it will come down to. And, uh, yeah, it, it's – you know, one thing is there's a lot that can be done. You know, I mean, when was the last time Nebraska had beat a top ten team? When's you know, I don't think Scott Frost has, has beaten a Big Ten opponent back to back weeks yet. So that's uh, that's another telling sign. So yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a big one. You know, I think if they would lose, you know, it, it was a close game. I don't think people would be, you know, totally you know up in arms and, and you know the the world's coming to an end. You know, I think if it's a good close competitive game, Nebraska plays well and Michigan plays well. Yeah, hey, it's going to happen sometimes. I mean, you're playing a top ten team as Michigan, but uh, I, you know, they can definitely win it. But I don't think it's the end of the world if you know you you uh, you don't get.
get those done. You just, you just, you know, settle, settle back up and get ready to go on the road next week to Minnesota. Jay Moore's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Jay, the difference Saturday night for a Nebraska win is what? Is it defense? Is it special teams? Is it Adrian? What's your key? Well, I think when it comes down to these, which is going to be a close, tight ball game, special teams matter. And I think if for Nebraska to be able to win this game, you know, I think you can't have the special teams miscues as we've had. You know, it's, it's easy to not to worry about your your special teams when you're winning. You know, you know, forty-two to seven, and everything's kind of clicking, and you don't have to punt very much, and you're just kind of doing a bunch of kickoffs because you're scoring and you're kicking through the end zone. But when it gets close, when you got a you know, when hitting yard and flipping the field with punts and in and getting field goals and getting points is going to be a premium. So without a doubt, I think the defense we already know is going to play pretty is going to play really well. I think the offense will, will do some good things. It's just can can Colt hit those field goals, hit those 30, 40 yard field goals when points are needed, and can Prista flip the field, you know, and or pin them deep to get some more of that hitting yardage. And you know, can the field goal team protect? And can you, you know, get you know if you're supposed to punt it to the right side of the field, punt it to the right side of the field, you know. So I think I think without a doubt the special teams are going to be are going to be the key turning point in in this one if Nebraska wants to win. Give me a score prediction, Jay, before we say goodbye, bud. Yeah, I did twenty four twenty Nebraska. I think I was one of the select few that uh, that picked Nebraska. I know it's it. I'm waiting for Nebraska to finally validate. You know, a, a, after a good win, you know, we've been burned many times before, and that was in the back of my mind. But I, I think they might have found something offensively with a little line switch and, and getting Yant going. I think he fits in well with the Big Ten, getting some tough yardages and being able to fall forward. So I, I'm going to take him 24-20. I think Michigan gets the ball late uh, to try to to try to win this thing. they got to go get a touchdown. But uh, Nebraska, the defense kind of holds up strong. And, and uh, you know, Nebraska goes 4-3 and three and Michigan gets, gets their first loss of the season. Jay Moore, and, and I wouldn't have it any other way, I'd expect, with uh, the defense saving the day closing it out that's just kind of how yep. you like to do it isn't it <laughs> so totally yep yeah yeah leave it in those yeah you always want to have a chance to win the football game either you know i've, I've done it a, a few times there's there's no better feeling going out there and you know pinning your ears back and getting after the quarterback and and shutting that game down and and, and uh, winning it so I, I expect the defense to to do the same Jay Moore with us. Good to spend time with Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. And uh, Big Red Wrap-Ups where you watch him. Jay, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks for the time. Yep, you got it, Smitty. Got to love Jay Moore, number 44. Back-to-back 44s there. Jay and uh, Warfield both feeling good for Nebraska. Uh, just ran into Tex. Big-time hoops fan, big-time football fan. And we've got a number of folks that have made the trip up to to the single barrel and the graduate that have found their way, bless their heart, down to the rail yard. That's where we're at today in the rail yard. Michigan has taken over uh, the single barrel and graduate. All good. We just moved. We audible at the line of scrimmage. So we're down here in the rail yard till six. You're invited out. Bill Dolman's on the way. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll try and give away my wife's Halloween tree. On, on the radio next. The Tale of Our City presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour down in the rail yard and audible back at the single barrel for Purdue. We are in Minnesota next week at the Graduate for a road show Friday and uh, Saturday. And, of course, Real Red Reaction 
uh, happens tomorrow for sure post uh, Nebraska Michigan but uh, a road show and our friends at uh, Ferris Financial Group and Aero Brokerage powering the road show Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios rocking camo I've got the Hunter Orange on Team Camo versus Team Khaki and Frost and Company going to get it done uh, a lot of Nebraska fans think so Jay Bird says Nebraska by a field goal Warfield says Nebraska by a field goal. Tex says Nebraska by a field goal. Actually, Tex Tex says Nebraska by two. Two touchdowns. Elijah, any any part of your being that thinks this thing can be a blowout tomorrow? Uh, I, I think if they rattle McNamara, bud, I think if they rattle McNamara, get uh, get a get a get a dirty pick six or Scoop and score. You know, Har- Harbaugh's and, and Michigan, to their credit, have played a lot of clean football. They've had to because they're really good. They're talented. They're like elite on defense, but they're not. Uh, they're not uber scary. I say that and watch them put up half a hundred tomorrow. But they're not uber uber scary. You know, at quarterback uh, like they have been in in past years. So, you know, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of uncertainty with. What exactly is going to happen tomorrow night? Now, I know I said blowout earlier this week, but that was like joking. I see these as that was you and vodka. Yeah, these are two defenses that I see doing enough to keep their offenses in the game no matter what. I really see this this game being close. I don't see Nebraska's defense faltering to a point where Michigan can blow out Nebraska, and I don't see Michigan's defense uh, faltering so bad that they allow Nebraska to run away with this one. I don't see either way. I think these defenses are the strength of both of these teams, and I think uh, realistically they should be able to keep their offenses in the game. You know, should be all right. We are winding down this first hour in uh, in uh, about 10 minutes. Bill Dolman with us from Fairbury. He'll be uh, with us tomorrow, uh, part of the uh, the tailgate show with Gary Michaels tailgate uh, just uh, in front of Nebraska, Michigan, three to five. So a flex scheduled weekend edition tomorrow. So I know a lot of a lot of different times and, and venues throwing at you, but we've had to flex a bit and you got to love night games. It's uh, pretty big time. Can you put a picture of the Halloween tree up? Can, can you do that? Okay, there it is. That is split screening us. That is my wife's Halloween tree. I, I don't know how long she's had it, but it's it's been with us a while. It is ugly. It's brutal. <laughs> it's, it's in full display. And I think when we give away Ohio State tickets. You're going to give away the tree too? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the tree. Get the tree away with. Are you gonna tell her before you do that? No, no? I'm just gonna. She's gonna. Well, she'll she'll think she'll take it to the basement, and it'll get put away, and then, poof, it'll disappear one day, for good. Just like it disappeared from the live stream. See, everyone who's not listening, who's not watching along on on ESPN Lincoln, the Facebook page, is just missing out. They're missing. Well, out. they'll they'll hit the, uh, the the rewind of it, but no, we're gonna. I'm either going to get stabbed in the neck tonight by her, or uh, we will keep moving forward with this Halloween tree. I, I've never even heard of a Halloween tree before. They're, st- they're awful. Like they are it's awful. Like, it's not Christmas, right? And she's got like three Christmas trees. She's and I love Easter, but she's got an Easter tree. She's got 47 like door hangings. She puts on our front door. But the wind blows and just beats the hell out of our <laughs> front door. So we are going to get rid of that damn Halloween tree. Uh, We're going to give it away with the Ohio State tickets here in November. Hour two on the way with Hale Varsity. 
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Here in the rail yard, bit of an audible, as we're in the single barrel every home football Friday inside the graduate uh, that has been taken over by Michigan. So we are out in the, the fresh air. A lot of Husker fans are here having a cold one, listening to a few tunes on the Cube. Uh, you have Atlanta and Milwaukee going, which is awesome. Uh, a lot of Nebraska fans milling around. And uh, we've had plenty of predictions with uh, a lot of good vibes for Nebraska. There, There's a, the single barrel location down here. You can get some awesome seafood. Go see Heath and the crew. And, yes, the tap is open. Ahead of Nebraska and Michigan, the forecast on the way. He is back in Fairbury. He is the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. He's seen so many of these magic night game moments. We say hi to Bill Dolman with this. Bill Dolman will be part of the Gary Michaels tailgate tomorrow on location at a hidden spot in campus, on campus. At Bill Dolman on Twitter is where you find him. Billy D., how is the Hall of Fame ceremony going on down in, uh, in Fairbury, brother? You know, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, my, my old basketball coach, Chuck Moore, that uh, many people who are probably driving around Lincoln and uh, all greater parts of the wonderful state of Nebraska <laughs> would remember Coach Moore and his uh, squeaky voice and uh, smaller stature, but one of the great basketball coaches that Nebraska has ever had. And uh, his 71 team was honored uh, with an induction into the Nebraska High School Hall of Fame, and this being the 50th anniversary the court at Fairbury High has been named for him. And as somebody that he once called the best fowler with less than two minutes to go in a game, I figured I owed it to him to be here. Well, that is good. And uh, it takes brilliance to recognize talent like one <laughs> William Dolman. <laughs> Son, get in there and foul. You haven't heard, you of, this Lambeer, you haven't heard of this Lambeer guy yet, but uh, you're going to make him proud. Now go get it. So, yeah, you got five. You got five and don't come back with them. <laughs> you got five and don't come back. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in, uh, in in your feel for tomorrow night. And we, we started off the show, Elijah and I were talking about a couple of X factors. We know about Nebraska's offensive line and their youth against the, the talent and experience of, of that Michigan front seven. We know about the, the quarterback X factor that Adrian is. Dear God, we know about special teams and what type of X factor that has been uh, against Nebraska or uh, a deterrent for Nebraska. But two things, you have crowd and uh, atmosphere. You have that, that Sea Red, the Husker Army, that is very real. You also have coaching matchup, Bill, and I want your take first on the coaching matchup. Do you think there's a little more comfort in a big game moment now for Coach Frost after the ups and downs of this season. Is, is that a concern for you, for lack of a better way to say it, Nebraska getting out coached tomorrow night if everything else is, is on, on equal footing? No, because I think for the last three or four years, it, you either replace national critique, uh, you just put, put a blank. 
and you either put Scott Frost's name there or Jim Harbaugh's name there. And the, the same criticisms have been made of Jim Harbaugh that have been made of Scott Frost and vice versa for the last three or four years. Yet the two guys still got their gig, still very high profile, and are still and are always going to be under a lot of scrutiny. And it, this goes back to something we I think we talk about every week and certainly every year about you know relevancy and who's prominent and who's not prominent and, and all of that. Look, if, if Jim Harbaugh and Scott Frost were not in the conversation weekly about hot seats and you know must-win games and whatnot, then Nebraska and Michigan would not have any would not be relevant. But they are, and they have both been in the same boat for the last three or four years together. And I think both of their teams are you know coming around to what they have been hoping that they could implement it at some point. Now, do I have 100% belief that, that Scott arrived with the win last week against Northwestern? Not necessarily, but I've always believed that, you know, this is a team that's trending in the right direction. Do I think that Jim Harbaugh has finally arrived with Michigan? Probably less so than I believe with Scott, to be honest with you. But they're having a great year. There's no question about it. I think this is a much bigger test for Michigan. Uh, tomorrow than it is for Nebraska because you know the the conversation right now is that well he's got him where they want him Michigan's playing great this is a top ten team so this is finally what Jim Harbaugh's wanted well you know what this is probably going to be the most chaotic atmosphere they're going to have played in other than Ohio State game during his entire tenure largely due to what happened last week with you know and the atmosphere and everything. And I think you're going to see a rep, you know, that replicated pretty well uh, tomorrow night. And I think that Michigan's going to have a bit of a test. Bill Dolman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Bill, obviously more pressure on the top 10 undefeated team coming into a, a, a raucous home environment. But is there pressure on the Huskers to be coming out and playing in front of 90,000 fans who... Uh, actually have expectations for this team now for the past couple years it's been well good teams coming to Lincoln let's hope the Huskers play well now it's almost an expectation you think that's going to put pressure on the Huskers well here's here's one thing you know in in the the litany of things you that Schmitty alluded to a moment ago with you know crowd and players and all that kind the one thing that I think Nebraska got the most out of in their game against Northwestern last week was belief and now, you know, you go back to the uh, to our show last week. I said Nebraska is two plays and one quarter of belief away from being unbeaten. I don't think Nebraska went down to the Oklahoma game and believed that you know they were going to go toe to toe with Oklahoma and that they dug themselves a 15 minute hole. And had they not made some mistakes, they could have easily won that game in Norman. And I think what they get out of out of got out of last week's game with Northwestern is. Oh my God, we, we can, when we put it together, we're pretty tough. We're pretty good. And the depth, you know, what, what are, whatever's going on with the offensive line, I think Nebraska has to believe that now we have players who can play. And we've got depth, and we've got depth we can believe in. So all of those kinds of things, I think belief is, is the biggest thing they got out of the Northwestern game. And they take that with them into the game on tomorrow night. And I think that that gives them a big advantage mentally. Bill Dolman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio uh, Roadshow Friday. We're in the rail yard back at the graduate for uh, Purdue Week. Uh, we have been displaced by Captain Khaki. It's okay. Gorgeous night. A lot of Nebraska fans out and about. We're here in the rail yard till 6. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, and uh, Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury from Fairbury as uh, we discussed Nebraska, Michigan. Bill, uh, you mentioned, and I think you're right on, right? I mean, you know, Michigan's the one coming in here with the little number. 
Michigan's coming in here undefeated. The hopes are up with uh, this team. Hey, this is the year, bro. This is the year you get Ohio State. This is the year you get to a, a conference title game. Uh, pumping the brakes on that just because of what's left. You've got some vicious uh, teams in front of you if you're Michigan. That is Nebraska. That is Sparty. That is Ohio State. I want to flip it around to Nebraska here. And, and you've been on point with last week saying, look, Nebraska will put it all together. Most complete performance. You nailed it with the, the Northwestern game. You felt good about Michigan State. And, and don't on punt point. until the third quarter. You, yes. You, <laughs> he said, hey, you want to fix special teams? Don't kick it. But you also were, were right on with you know that, that belief. I mean, Nebraska saw it uh, play out with uh, how they performed against Oklahoma. When we get into to some of the uh, the plays that need to happen, do you worry about Adrian or are you excited for Adrian? Because I, I'm in the, the camp right now that I watched a little of the Rutgers game. I saw what Noah did. And I'm thinking Adrian could go off tomorrow night. But I think more so than the could part, I think Adrian's a guy that is ready to take out uh, frustrations through a career and just play free and play dynamic and be such a difference maker. He's, he's a guy that, that guys just don't want to face or contain if you're a D coordinator. I think he could be, he needs to be big tomorrow night, but I think he's, he's comfortable with that tomorrow night. Do you agree? Yeah, I think that's a great word. I think that there's probably a comfort factor for Adrian that wasn't there a couple of years ago, and certainly with that you know disastrous game at Michigan where he threw an interception that I, I still maintain completely turned that game into a debacle when it didn't necessarily need to be. But you know, I think the thing that Scott has done, which it, obviously he listens to our show, which is terrific. <laughs> when, we, when we were at the, when we were at the, um, the single barrel, you know, I said, look, there's a guy, there has to be Appendix A that is all you know all option plays. And I think with Nebraska implementing, not going full bore into the option, but implementing it much more that we all recognize it, we see it, and we love it, that probably has caused more headaches in Michigan's camp this week than anything that they prepared for this year. Because they are looking at the op- – they're watching those option plays. And Adrian looks comfortable running it. It's not, it does not look like a natural offense to him as it did with Turner and Tommy and Eric and those guys. But he looks – comfortable in running the option when it is called and nebraska doesn't go to it as its base offense but it goes to it enough that i'll guarantee you that 25 percent or more of michigan's practices this week have been trying to figure out when nebraska is going to run 25 percent of their option plays they did not want to have to prepare for that and because of that and while everybody's focusing on, on on the option and the run games this week for both teams I'm looking, I'm looking at Omar Manning. I'm looking at Oliver Martin if he gets in there. I'm looking at Samari Toure. I think Nebraska's receivers and Vokalek, I think Nebraska's receivers have an opportunity, much like Gerald Armstrong in the 94 Colorado game when Bill McCartney used, you know, said we used this trick play by going to the tight end that they weren't prepared for. I think Nebraska's passing game will be much better tomorrow and more open because Michigan has, has to be concerned with the option now. And I think, and I think, because Adrian is comfortable in running that as well as throwing, provided he doesn't miss a receiver like he did against Michigan State, the receiving core could have a big game tomorrow. And you got, you know, 250 yards passing, 250 yards rushing, and you got Nebraska winning. A few more minutes here with Bill Dolman, Hale Varsity Radio. Bill, 
offense or defense, who do you think is like, more important in this game plan for the Huskers tomorrow? Is it more important to score points in this Michigan defense? Or is it more important to, uh, to be able to shut down the Michigan offense? Obviously, both are important, but where do you think the, the real uh, MVP play has to be taking place? That, to me, it has to be the offense taking care of the football like it did against the Northwestern, not making mistakes and, and putting points on the board when it can. Because I think Nebraska's defense, uh, you know, I think that is a, and this is, this is not easy for me to say, I think that's a black shirt defense. I think those guys are playing with confidence. I think JoJo Doman is arguably the best defensive player in the Big Ten. I think Adrian Martinez is the best quarterback in the Big Ten right now. But the way that defense is playing with confidence I think it might be tough for Michigan to to score points. They might get long drives and that end up with points, but I don't think they're going to have any type of scoring explosion. But Nebraska offensively has to play with confidence, belief in its offensive line, and not make mistakes. And if they don't make mistakes just like they did last week, they'll win. Bill, I want to get your take on the atmosphere uh, with uh, Nebraska and really a long time coming. We can go back to Owen, Oklahoma with the statement uh, ability against a, a high-profile team, a brand team, a ranked team. You can go back to the Miami atmosphere in 14 where blood was in the water and everyone was a piranha. And uh, even the, the Oregon kind of set up appetizer for a really good run until it ended in, in overtime in, in, in Madtown during the Riley era. You've seen this. You've covered it. You've been there for years. You've been there for Husker Vision. You've been there for when they brought the lights in to when they purchase the lights what can tomorrow night do with that extra juice what what can it be like and i'll be sorry i'll be straight with you i mean you've been waiting 20 years as a nebraska fan for this moment there's fear that nebraska won't deliver but i don't think there's fear that they're going to be embarrassed and that's been a long time the standard bearing game for night games at Memorial Stadium is the 92 Halloween night game against Colorado, and Nebraska won that one 52-7. to That was the Coy Detmer game when they, you know, pantsed him and pulled the shirt over this helmet, and uh, you had Jason and, and Michael Myers partying and, have, you know, drinking out of the Boda bag together. Uh, yes. You know, Edward Scissor's hands is in the background. I mean, that was that's the penultimate night game at Memorial Stadium. You know, the show they put on last week, uh, I I'm still curious how they pulled off rehearsals for that, you know, uh, to turn the whole thing red and do the thunderstruck and nobody really knew it was going to come until it hit. Uh, I, I think the, the potential is there for a great atmosphere, but Nebraska's got to have a start like it did against Northwestern, like it did against Colorado 30 years ago or 25 years ago. It has to start well. It has to get out early. It has to get an early lead and get momentum for that to build because if Michigan goes on a 14-play, 75-yard drive and goes up 7 nine nothing, you know, this is going to be an uphill climb for, you know, a crowd that's going to be pretty juiced all day, right? So mm-hmm. it's important. I think Nebraska, if they win the toss, I think Nebraska takes the football. Let's let's go. Let's let's get some points on the board and and take advantage of the crowd and really make Michigan feel it. But it, it was spectacular. That, there's no question the show that they put on and uh, they, you know, whoever pulled that off and put it together, they really need to be proud because that was as good a show in college football as I've seen in a long time. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, going to be doing the uh, weekend edition tomorrow, live from the Gary Michaels tailgate. We're 3 to 5. It'll be good to be back uh, doing that together. Elijah will be down there as well. Bill, it is time to make your prediction. A lot of folks have chimed in with predictions, three-point wins, two touchdown wins. 
uh, a sea of blue has just entered into the rail yard with their Jumpman basketball T-shirts. Not football gear, mind you. What happens tomorrow night, 6.30, ABC National TV? No, and, and, and uh, let's not forget that I am the most prolific free throw shooter in the history of the Bob Devaney Sports Center. I just like to get that in there. So, on that note of perfection, I think Nebraska plays a perfect game tomorrow. I think the receivers uh, have a big game tomorrow. I think Adrian uh, establishes himself, like I said, as the as the top quarterback in the Big Ten Conference. Um, and I don't see why Nebraska can't repeat its performance last week against uh, Northwestern. And last week, I think I said 255 to nothing. I don't know why they can't do that again, because I, I was pretty close in that prediction. And let's let's face it, they're going to be rock fans all over the place putting out the red light tomorrow night, and I think Nebraska responds. Score? 255. 255. The pride of Fairbury. Bill, we'll see and you I, in the box tomorrow. I don't, I, don't, I don't really care what Michigan scores. They're, just, they're not going to win. There we have it. There's your prediction. Bill, thank you, bud. Enjoy tonight. All right, go Big Red, and I will see you with Navant tomorrow afternoon. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. A few minutes, Ramir Johnson with us here. Hail Varsity Radio. Ramir, what type of energy did Saturday night give you? Uh, it was it was lovely. I mean, I enjoyed you know seeing the crowd happy, seeing the whole state happy, and having a good time out there on the field. So it was it was great. I enjoyed it. Take me back to to your process, your growth, and then kind of the challenge Coach Held gave you going into this season. You've done a really nice job of emerging and being a big time part of the offense. Right. Yeah. So you know, I. I uh, and I got injured during the spring and stuff like that, so it kind of pushed me down on the bottom of the depth chart. And Coach Hell pretty much said, like, look, you know, we're still giving you a chance. But I need to see this and that from you and prove to us that you could be, you know, the guy for us. And I took that into, uh, into consideration and just changed my mindset around and just worked hard every day and just kept pushing and kept working and just kept, you know, growing myself as a player as well as a person to get myself to uh, where I'm at right now today. Tell me about the the challenge and then some of the growth. It doesn't always feel good at the time to hear critiques, but you can obviously channel it a, a, a better way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, for most people, they're probably, if it's in my position, they're probably like, dang, like, it's probably not going to work out for me or whatever, whatever. But I knew for myself that I needed to work on some things, and what Coach Hell was telling me what I needed to do was kind of correct. So I, for me, it was just like, you know, it's just a challenge that I need, I need to overcome. And uh, and get myself over the hump, and you know I, I embrace I embrace the challenge because it got me to uh, you know where I'm at right now. So if it, if it wasn't no challenge, I'd probably you know be where I was at before like a month ago. And two. So. A few minutes here, Ramir Johnson's with us, Hail Varsity Radio. So let's talk uh, Nebraska's option attack. Yeah. Fans here love uh, launching option football, and you had a little bit of background in it coming from high school. Do you have a preference? Do you like being the pitch back, or do you like being the dive back? Uh, it don't matter uh, if I'm the pitch guy or the, uh, the dive back. You know, 
I get the ball, I get the ball. If not, I'm a block for the guy that's getting the ball. So it really doesn't matter to me as long as we, you know, it's working and people getting yards and stuff like that. Is there a back you um, you like to emulate or kind of compare yourself to? You've got amazing speed, but you you have a lot of power. And you got a really nice combo. Right. Yeah. I mean, in high school, like growing up in, in high school, I was a big uh, D'Anthony Thomas fan from Oregon, and then, you know, Coach Froese was coaching back in the day at Oregon, so I was a huge fan of him. But also like guys like Derrick Henry and uh, you know Barry Sanders and a lot of those guys, Dalvin Cook, and I kind of just. I was always, I was always told I was like a speed back, but to me, I was always just like the I could do it all type stuff. So I wanted to prove that, so I just kind of just worked on the little things to get me to like the guys who run like Derrick Henry and uh, you know, Alvin Kamara and all those guys stuff like that. So I wanted to change my game up to show I could do both sides, just, just not just speed and stuff like that. So, a hundred years ago, Barry Sanders went off at this stadium, and they still got beat pretty bad. So, are you are you a YouTube connoisseur of uh, Barry? Uh, yeah, 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 I can say that. I can say that. <laughs> it's fun, fun to watch him. So tell me about the, the running back room, who you're close with, and how you guys challenge one another but also support one another. I'm close with everybody. I'm talking to, like, almost everybody. So we all, they all get the same love. But, uh, you know, we just, uh, we watch each other at practice. You know, we tell each other, like, look, do this, you know, do that. I might pull somebody on the side, but like, look, I think you can do this and that, and they'll listen. And the same vice versa, they might tell me, look, do this and that, and I'll listen, and we just go from there. So cause that's the kind of relationship we got in the room. There's no malice between none of us. We all love each other. We all support one another, no matter who's out there or not. Like, I just want to make sure everybody, everybody eating, everybody's flourishing, and stuff like that. Tell me about the offensive line changes were made. You had uh, New Elliott at guard and, and, and Big Teddy at, at left tackle, and then Turner did a nice job at right tackle, and Sichterman, and then there's Cam. Could you kind of sense that, that based on what you ran behind in the week of practice that the, the big guys up front were going to have a good day? Yeah, you know, all week uh, I practiced for that game. They were just, you know, driving piles and, uh, you know, making holes. And I felt confident, like, it doesn't do the same thing in the game. And as you saw, they was doing the exact same thing in the, in the game. So they was working hard all week. So shout out to O-Line. Without those guys, we wouldn't have the yardage we had in, the, in that game uh, this past weekend. Is there a moment in the season where, where your confidence flipped or have you always been pretty confident? And I was always confident in uh, in our offense and in our line, I just knew at some point we was going to get it uh, clicking, and it clicked for us this last weekend. So how was the first day back at practice? Is the focus even more intense? Oh, yeah, we was more focused, more dialed in, more just focused on the little things because, you know, it's a big game this week. We're trying, you know, do everything we can to get this W. How do you how do you treat it? I mean, are, are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you focused? What's the emotion here? Obviously, a few days out, but it's going to build. This place is going to be nuts. I mean, you always got to be excited for a big game, so that's always that's always there. But you also got to just be focused and uh, it's just have confidence that we can do it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a team lined up in front of you. And you're only good as yourself, so you got to just play what you can do. You got to play your best and do what you got to do and focus on the little things and the rest of the work itself out. What have you seen from uh, your your roommate in the running back room, Yant, his emergence? You're smiling right now. Did you see that coming? Yeah, he had a good week. He had a good couple weeks of practice, and I've been waiting for him to be on the field and show what he can do. He's a big guy, and he just runs hard, man. Like, nobody can, like, stop him, nobody can tackle him. So I was happy to see him do his thing out there, man. I'm so happy for him. There's a guy that's been uh, around this program quite a while. 
Are you uh, kind of the uh, the older voice that some of the younger backs listen to? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, ever since like last year when the young guys came in, it was just immediately just came straight to me. I just got that, I guess, that presence. You can say I'm just laid back, chill, cool. I could easy to talk to, and I'm always giving up like you no know, little. Uh, lessons and little uh you know just little gems you know just to make sure they flourish and with their career and stuff like that because i kind of seen it all kind of been in all been through it all so far in my career so so is there a nickname for you they give you yeah uh, they tend to call me dollars because my instagram name rod dollars so everybody just call me dollars what's going on dollars what's up dollars what dollars match your question so i tend to look up to that name so ain't no problem so ramir johnson's with us or, or dollars as, as we'll call him now and how'd you get the nickname give me the background Man, I've been having that nickname since I was like younger. I was like money. I always had money on me, so I just made my Instagram name Rod Dollars. I never told people to call me that, but people just seemed to call me that, and it just been a nickname for me ever since I was like a little kid. What's well, better to, to have someone give you the nickname than than assign yourself the nickname? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I, I mean, I'm a humble guy. So I don't like to be like all that you know spotlight on me, but I didn't mind having that nickname, and I came to uh, you know flourish with it. So I was excited. Ramirez. Tell me uh, about Jersey, and there's a rich history of, of Jersey kids that have found their way to, to Lincoln just over the years uh, and have really uh, impacted the program. How did Nebraska get on your radar, and just what what was that uh, like for you to, to go from the East Coast to uh, to Lincoln? Right. Uh, I mean, for me, you know, I, so I grew up in New York. I'm from New York. And, I mean, I'm not going to say that we don't have, you know, football there. Yeah, but I wanted to, I know in Jersey they had a lot of, uh, you know, competition, a lot of good schools that, you know, play around the country. So for me going to, you know, Bergen Catholic and uh, getting developed by a good coaching staff over there and playing some tough games, I feel kind of like, you know, with the history they got at, at my high school and, you know, Nebraska having this history itself, I kind of felt like this is like going to my high school but just in college and stuff like that. So I was just, I felt kind of like comfortable coming to uh, Nebraska because I knew it had a lot of history, a lot of like, you know, uh, great people coming in and out from here, either from Jersey, all, all over the place, and great backs. I wanted to be a part of that. Who are some East Coast folks that you've connected with here, like either that, that are from there or um, are, or, are uh, kind of from your region? Right. I know uh, I know Jason Peters, Coach Peters now. Uh, he's from Jersey, so I know I'll be talking to him a lot. Uh, trying to see... Uh, I don't know we got that many East Coast guys on the team right now. Coach Brown. Coach Brown is a guy, yes. Coach Brown's from New York, so he understands like how it is growing up in that, you know, that city and stuff like that. So of course him. Um Yes, for the most part. About about it. So, what what is the rule for for pizza? I mean, New York style pizza is kind of king, isn't it? Oh yeah, most definitely. I, I try not to. Uh, I mean, if it ain't New York City pizza, I'm not really a big fan of it. You know, some pizza time takes kind of funny to me when I taste it out here, but you know, it is what it is. So, what's what's on Ramir Johnson's New York style pizza? What are you ordering? If it's not just a regular cheese slice, I probably get like uh, you know pepperoni or. Probably like chicken or something like that, but it's, it's always the classic cheese pizza for me. To be honest with you, why cheese? Is it versus the other topping options? I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. Like back home in, in New York, the way they make their cheese pizza, like it just tastes so good. It's like cheesy and stuff like that. So I, I enjoy that, like just that cheese, like the natural cheese on the pizza and how it's cooked and stuff like that. So I just enjoy that. So yay or nay on? Uh 
pineapple here neon cream cheese do you uh, do you dice up any of it if you go exotic pineapple I'm not a big fan of so I would not do that uh, cream cheese sounds pretty pretty good so I, I mean I won't mind trying that and stuff like that but pineapple yes no for me no Ramirez good to spend time with you thank you thanks for having me there's your Husker eye back Ramir Johnson he's been running hard been running fast we'll see what can open up for him on uh, Saturday night against Michigan. It was a good dose of Yant, Elijah Herbelback, Chris Schmidt, Hale Varsity Radio, and uh, more predictions. Tim emails in. Timmy. Uh, he is saying Nebraska 29-20, and he's wondering if I've got a, a pair of champions passes for someone he cares deeply about. No, I don't. We would take a donation. I would actually, I would trade you a Halloween tree for uh, a pair a of of Champions Club passes. That, that's a good I think deal. That's, that, that's well fair. I don't even know uh, where you Iowa can buy Russ, a Halloween tree. Iowa Russ chimes in and says, "Dude, your wife is going to stab you." <laughs> and Mrs. Iowa Russ says, "Do not give my Halloween tree away. I will not, Mrs. Iowa Russ. We we would love you." Uh, Brett checks in and says, I want 1,000% credit. And, and, and Brett emailed this Oklahoma week and said, look, dude, get, get the, uh, the atmosphere fixed with music. Uh, get the atmosphere going with uh, the, the PA. And, and Nebraska did. They unveiled something really cool. It was organic. It, it hit perfect with the Thunderstruck. Nebraska's a different team. At least they were against Northwestern uh, when it comes to, to five mental penalties and a, a 2 a.m. turnover. And that can happen. It didn't against a, a team that's undermanned in Northwestern, Elijah. That's the question about Michigan. I think they're going to run at Hutchinson. I think Nebraska's going to run straight ahead. At that Michigan defense, I think they'll be okay option-wise, and I think they'll be able to, to do their work uh, intermediately and then hit a couple of shots. We'll get predictions next. Friday forecast on the way with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Working through a Friday road show, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, rail yard where we are at. We had the audible outside the single barrel. Single barrel's got a spot down here for some crawfish and some cold ones. Get on down. We're here till 6. Back in the single barrel for Purdue. Michigan has commandeered that thing. We look bad in yellow. That's our story. And we're sticking to it. But uh, great folks, Heath and company from the single barrel. Love being there. On home football Fridays, it is Nebraska, it is Michigan. Few uh, Michigan fans bellying up. Few Husker fans hanging out. Gorgeous night. Playoff baseball is on the cube. And uh, excited. Bill Dolman with me tomorrow, along with Elijah at the Gary Michaels tailgate secret probation spot. So that'll be money. Uh, Roadshow tomorrow, 3 to 5. And then uh, let's see how it all hangs out. Under the Lights, National Network, 
and uh, stage set for statement time. Should we get into the Friday forecast? Uh, do we have him? All right. Claus, it is Michigan-Nebraska week. How are you? Well, I'm doing okay. I understand it's probably a little bit of an inconvenience for you that Michigan fans uh, have sort of taken over your spot, <clears throat> but it's good for them to be in Lincoln so they can see what the real 1997 National Championship trophy <laughs> looks like <laughs> instead of the participation ribbon they got. So I'm, I'm really excited for them. Claus, should we get to it, bud? Should we fire up the uh, the Friday forecast? Okay. All right. Let's uh, start off in Iowa City as our friends from Gate 25. I mean, that's a lot of bush light, Miss Holland. My God. Uh, it's getting uh, with it, and it'll carry over to tomorrow. Uh, a second time for the circus coming to town with uh, game day in Iowa City and Penn State. And what a ball game it's going to be. Uh, the line is Iowa minus one and a half. Penn State rolls in. They look dynamic. Iowa has been just incredible with special teams and defense. What or Penn State? This uh, needs to be a, a, a Penn State win if there's any smidgen of hope for Nebraska to to make a, a run in the West with two losses already. Give me your score. What do you think here, Elijah? Uh, with this one, I, I think I'm going to follow my heart, as you said. Uh, Nebraska needs the Iowa loss if they want to if they want to stay alive in the Big Ten West race. And even though that seems like a far cry, I do think this Penn State team is pretty battle tested. That game against Auburn's good experience, so I have Penn State getting the win in this one, uh, 27 to 24 over the Hawkeyes. So Elijah says uh, Penn State the win. I think there's just too much Kinnick. I think there's too much Iowa defense. I think there's too much uh, turnover potential. And we saw Clifford, the big red dog, turn the ball over a lot a year ago. He's better. He's really good. Give me Iowa to stay unbeaten. Give me Iowa. And uh, that Kinnick magic, they are good. The only team that survived there has been Penn State. Uh, There's no Saquon. There's no uh, McSurley. There's no Godwin. So... You know, we're going to go with uh, we're going to go with Penn State falling to Iowa, 24 to 17. Hawkeyes win. Hawkeyes cover. Claus, what do you think here? Uh, you going Penn State or you going Iowa? Well, I've been telling people that I think Iowa probably is the best team in the Big Ten, and I'll be honest with you, that's about the seventh most disgusting thought I've ever had to ponder. In all my years on this planet, of course, the top six most disgusting thoughts all that I've had to ponder all involve former Penn State coaches. <laughs> I mean, seriously, who likes peach ice cream? That just <clears throat> blows my mind. But anyhow, I agree with Schmidt. The final score, I disagree on. I think it'll be a little closer. But I think Iowa wins 24 and Penn State 21. So three-point win, Iowa stays unbeaten. Let's move on to Texas-Oklahoma Red River rivalry and uh, line down to, I think, three-and-a-half. I told you, fellas, five-and-a-half. This thing's a shootout. This thing's triple overtime. This thing's a score fest. And I think, forgive me, Lord, I, I think Texas gets it handled. Oklahoma's been living dangerously. They won in Manhattan. 
Not easy to do. 37-31 last week. They survived Nebraska. Survived North, uh, I should say, West Virginia. I don't think they survived Texas. I like Oklahoma's defense. They're better. But I think Texas gets to Rattler. And uh, give me Texas a win. Uh, 38-35. Another close one. But give me Texas. And uh, some Sark branding on OU Oklahoma Falls. Elijah. I'm with you. I think Texas keeps it close. I think it's going to be another one of those games where Oklahoma survives, though. They get some offense late from Rattler. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, OU to win, but Texas to cover as uh, OU wins 30-27 to 27 over Texas tomorrow afternoon. All right. Claus, what do you like here? Oklahoma, Texas, who wins? What's the number? Well, obviously, this is a really unique rivalry game, one of the best rivalry games in college football, of course, held annually at the Texas State Fair. Have either of you ever been to the Texas State Fair? Have you gotten that opportunity? No, I've wanted to go, but never made it happen. Never been a bye week. Well, if you get an opportunity to go to the fair, even if not for the game, I encourage you to go. It's great. Uh, right outside of the Cotton Bowl Stadium is the Hog Barn, and they have the <laughs> world's largest pig there. Now, of course, I thought at first it was just a Wisconsin fan that they somehow had wrangled <laughs> and put into a pen, but it's the world's largest pig. Uh, and so, again, I encourage you guys to go. Uh, but this particular game uh, would be a really good one for you to go to, as I think Texas wins. I agree with uh, Christopher. It's going to be a great game, uh, 42, and the Sooners, 35. Touchdown win for Bevo. Let's head to the SEC, the who uh, can uh, can get enough smelling salt to respond bowl. Arkansas dismantled uh, by Georgia. Ole Miss worked in the first quarter. Two tickets for sale here. I'm good, brother. Thanks. Um, Oh, man. I think Ole Miss wins this because it's at home. I really like Arkansas and their coach. But give me Ole Miss and Lane 35-28 over the Hogs. Elijah, I know you like Ole Miss. Yeah, uh, both these teams looking for a get-right game. I really do trust this Ole Miss offense. They went up against uh, a buzzsaw in in Alabama. I guess Arkansas went up against a buzzsaw in Georgia. Uh, But Ole Miss, I think their offense, I think Matt Corral is what wins them the day. Not sure if they cover, though. I've been calling a lot of close games so far this segment, and I'm going to go uh, another close game here as Ole Miss gets a 38-35 to 35 win over Arkansas. We are up against it. We still have our prediction, Nebraska and Michigan, the Friday forecast. Clausburn is with us. Claus, can we persuade you to hang for a couple of minutes? Does that work with your schedule? Oh, I suppose I can make that work, yeah. That's, uh, he's not down with that. I don't want to rush this. Clausburn is back with the forecast finale. Nebraska, Michigan, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. We're live in the rail yard. It is a mixture of red and blue. And uh, it is almost Nebraska, Michigan time. The forecast, the prediction. Nebraska, Michigan, next. Hail Varsity in the rail yard. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. What final time here in the rail yard, weekend edition tomorrow. We are 3 to 5 at the Gary Michaels tailgate. Today in the rail yard, Michigan has rented the entire 
graduate and single barrel out. So we got Audible. It's okay. Got to love the single barrel location down here in the rail yard. Drinks are cold. Crawfish is tasty. And we are ready for the final moment of the forecast. Nebraska, Michigan. The stage is set. The opportunity is there. It is going to be electric and incredible. And we've all lived a part of some big night games. And uh, as a beautiful part of my childhood, just going with the family, the damn family, the fam family. And it was great. Uh, it could be a return to that tomorrow night. And you can just feel the pent-up energy and joy of Nebraska fans wanting it to happen. Elijah, jump off the diving board here, buddy. Get us uh, started on the Nebraska and uh, Michigan prediction here for the forecast. Well, I, I hate to disappoint here, but uh, that Michigan defense scares me. Uh, and uh, I really do think that Northwestern, uh, they had a bad game last week in addition to the fact that they're already not very good. I think the Husker offense struggles again. They struggle to uh, to lock down the Michigan pass rushers. Uh, and I think Michigan gets a win and a cover 20-14 to 14 over the Huskers in a low-scoring affair. Low-scoring throwback, leather helmets, mouthpieces optional. Elijah, uh, you know what? I think we're on the same radar uh, I, I think Nebraska's better. I think Nebraska's good. I think Nebraska's bullbound. I think Nebraska's confident. Michigan's got better dudes. I don't think Nebraska is going to make many mistakes, but Nebraska will make a mistake in the special teams. Nebraska will make a mistake in protection. There is your difference. There is your difference, and uh, it is costly. Nebraska will have another opportunity this year to get a signature win. Nebraska will have an opportunity to to show continued progress. It does not happen Saturday night. It's Michigan 27 and Nebraska 21. It's a special teams return, a short field, and there is your difference. Michigan just uh, too good in the return side. I hope I'm wrong. Claus, what do you think here? You go in Nebraska, you go in Mi- Michigan. I say Michigan win and cover. Well, first of all, I want to say I was pleasantly surprised to hear Elijah's voice when my phone rang earlier. I figured you'd have him in the clinic getting cured off the wild turkey after picking (laughs) Ole Miss to beat Bama. (laughs) And speaking of methadone clinics, I won Arkansas in that game. Um, But back to Nebraska, uh, last week, obviously a very different team. Uh, very different team showed up on the field last week, and a lot of people think, well, maybe it's because they finally played Teddy Prohaska or one of the various other adjustments. Adrian was a little more on the mark. Uh, Yant got some carries, but really the big difference was we finally convinced Scott to switch from Copenhagen to Redman. I don't know if you've noticed, but that boy has more chaw in his lip than Clue Haywood, so (laughs) we had to get the right stuff. So, with that in mind, (laughs) I think Nebraska wins this game. I think it's a close game, and I think Nebraska has to come back to do it, but they will. Final score, Nebraska 27 and Michigan 21. Claus says, Adrian, the game-winning drive and the outright win, and the place will melt down in Jack Daniels in a great way. Claus, you be good. Enjoy the weekend of football. We'll talk next week. Thanks so much for your time today. Okay. There goes Claus. Big thanks to Elijah. We're at the Gary Michael tailgate tomorrow. Three to five weekend edition. Take care.